So Vincent and I met at a, uh, I, guess, I guess it's kind of a conference or a workshop um, called Hack the Police. Uh, it was in London and Vauxhall. Um, we split into different teams and it was me, uh, Vincent, and Cham, and I think within the matter of what, like an hour or so, two hours maybe, we had our whole application finished, wrapped up and, and ready to go. And so like the, the rest of everybody else had like two days to like finish up their projects and you know try to get things going. And really like we had an actual finished product um, which could have rolled out that day if we would have you know been able to clean up a little bit or whatever. Um, but we won't go into how we felt about when we lost and we didn't get any kind of recognition, but yeah things go on. Um, but the cool thing is that I, I met Vincent in that, uh, in that short brief period of time. Um, we've been friends since then and we now work on um, the same, we work together for the same company. Um, I'm a brand ambassador uh, for a company that I'll let Vincent talk about uh, during his talk. Um, and uh, you know, for anybody who's new that's watching the podcast, Vincent is the one you want to model yourself after. I mean, what, how old were you when uh, you started all this fence at what, 16 or so, maybe younger? Yeah, yeah, I believe it was, um, I was 16 when I met you, I just turned 16 actually, so um, yeah, it was quite a while back now thinking about it, I mean, but uh, it still feels like yesterday because you know lockdown and everything right um but uh yeah it's been a it's been one hell of a hell of a journey um I think when when everything kicked off and died for me in cyber if you guess uh if, if you like that was um I would say back when I was about 11 12 right so a couple of years ago but yeah it's been it's been very exciting so on top of everything you do just start from from the beginning what companies do you work for? Do you own? Do you run? Um, tell us about your empire you're building so far, because I know there's a lot. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent right. So, so yeah, if I um if I start from the beginning, um, and it actually goes back to when I was about six. Um, now I started to do board diving. Um, so you know, you got the springboard and the platforms. Um, so I I started doing that when I was about six years old, and that sort of escalated to sort of you know a local club to then a and the you know professional um club that was about an hour away from where I live. Um, and I'd been doing that for about twelve years. Um. So I stopped when I was, you know, it must have been about two years ago now, something like that. Um, and that really sort of changed the way I looked at things um, purely because of the level of concentration that's needed, the level of um, resilience and, and motivation that's required to do that sport because you fail a lot of the time. Um, and obviously, you know, with that, you, you need to be able to learn and, and build build on that, right? So I've always said in, in my talks I do now um, and whenever I meet new people, it's always, I always start there because that's that's where sort of I've become who I've become effectively. Um, so yeah, it, it was really, you know, it was hard for me to stop stop that, um, you know, a couple of years ago, but that was around the time in my GCSE. So, um, you know, obviously I needed to get some good grades and, you know, get, get to where I wanted to be. Um, but I started my first company, I would say, in here in the UK in year nine. So I was probably about 14 at the time. I don't know what grade that would be in, in the States, but uh, it was about, yeah, 14 at the time. Um, and, and I'd started pen testing, doing a few bits. Um, I began uh, building and selling computers and fixing them and then 
starting to break them, um, which was exciting. Learning how to break them physically, you know, put hardware inside them that would give you a back door and, you know, raspberry pies and all that crazy stuff. Um, and then that sort of transpired into, you know, um, pen testing and networks and, you know, all of that good stuff. So, yeah, I began, I began messing around with those, uh, that, that sort of area. Um, and then, yeah, I, I thought, you know, this is quite interesting. I'll, I'll start something here. I've got, I've got an interest and a passion. And, you know, at the time I didn't have an amazing skill, but it was the passion and that, you know, that drive to do that. Right. So, um, yeah, I started my first company and that sort of planted the seed for the cyber brand. Um, so that was cyber hacks and, you know, I still work and do a little bit on that in the minute, but I'll get onto where that's gone in a second. Um, but yeah, I, I had a few gigs, um, you know, a few pen testing stuff. A lot of it was network. I really enjoyed that networks so using, you know, the Wi-Fi pineapples and, you know, a bit, you know, that hardware side of things to attack the networks and, um, you know, the fake, fake, um, uh, what are they called now? Uh, the addresses and all that good stuff, right? To connect to networks. So, so that sort of really got me going um, in that sort of physical security and social engineering. And, you know, it was a lot of training around that and a lot of, um, you know, reading and trying to learn about that stuff. Because I knew that obviously being at that age, I understood that people wouldn't, you know, go and hire you, right? So it was, a lot, I had that mindset, okay, I want to do this in the future. I'll start, I'll start learning now, right? Um and that got that got quite exciting. Had a few few gigs, um, as I said, and then you know it it was getting tough in school. So it was coming up to choosing what we wanted to do for our GCSEs, and um, I wasn't actually. I'd applied for engineering and um, computer science, and I wasn't actually allowed to do either of them um, because I was on the the wrong pathway or something from back when I was about eight years old. I reckon um, I was I wasn't very um, academic in in primary school you know I always used to be sitting outside the head head office you know told off or whatever right so um it, it all came from that which was hard to sort of grasp because I'd really tried you know my best when it you know when it got to secondary school and in this subject so I wasn't invited initially to do computer science or engineering um and that was tough but I thought uh, especially with my parents I mean I, I wouldn't be here today without my parents right they've they've helped me uh, you know along the way every step they've been really supportive so that's been awesome um so yeah I, I did manage to get on both the courses at the end of the day and it was a very much you know we'll try you trial you out kind of thing um and it was a bit silly because they actually asked me this is a funny story they asked me um you know prove prove to us why you should be in computer science and I'd written a script um I wasn't great at program but I'd written a script that basically de-authenticated every device on the network so very simple right but it was immediately their their reaction was oh no that's going to be used for bad that's you know they didn't understand that you know you've got an issue here or you you know you're using this type of network not secured etc right mm -hmm. um and they didn't quite understand that so it was tough but i did get onto the course in the end which was you know it was okay um let's just say the teacher didn't really get along and didn't like me and i struggled a lot trying to you know fit in in that lesson you had a lot of the kids that were smart academically and could read the books and understand all that theoretical knowledge but half the time it was outdated um and didn't make sense right as it usually is with cybersecurity. um so yeah it was tough and then looking at engineering as well because of that physical side of things and what i really enjoyed doing that um you know it, 
it was it was interesting when I got into engineering and became somebody that you know I would like to say a top of the class student um you know I was creating devices and you know programming locking systems with 2FA and you know RFID cards and all sorts right um and my work was eventually presented um at a university and then later on to privately being invited to Leonardo to talk about some drone technology um you know which is, is quite exciting stuff and uh, you know I remember at the um the uh the police event we we sort of got into that drone hacking and you know um so yeah it's um it was exciting getting onto both of those courses and sort of getting my head down um and really working on you know being the best I could in those classes and again with the the it goes back to that diving and that mindset and having that sort of drive and passion that you know I'm not going to let anybody else tell me that I can't do this I you know I know that I can I you know believe in yourself effectively right so yeah I, I as I said I sort of got my head, head down I stopped diving which was as I said tough um but came out with fairly good grades I think you know they tra- changed the whole system here in the UK but um again I'm not I'm not an academic, but I came out with, you know, B's or something like that. So it was good enough for where I wanted to be. Um, but I was struggling to find what I wanted to do next because I knew it wasn't uh, it wasn't A-levels um, or, you know, high school. Right. It wasn't um, I didn't I didn't feel myself going down that route and you know spending all that time in school when I was trying to work for my companies and as you said you know build an empire right so I love meeting people I love that networking aspect um so you know I'd, I'd, I'd go to conferences in in London um you know security expeditions and all sorts and meet crazy people and then that would go to talks and you know it was really great with networking with those types of people um so yeah, it was tough though. Come come the end of, uh, of of GCCs, as I said, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, so I stayed on for A levels. I did get in, but again, it was a challenge. They didn't they didn't want me doing engineering again. I wasn't accepted to do engineering, um, even though I had had the highest grade in uh, in GCC. But I later found out it's because nobody else wanted to do engineering, and it would have just been me, um, and they didn't want to pay for it. But Again, I did fight for it and it was just me doing the course. Uh, and it was just funny because obviously having one-to-one lessons and, you know, um, so yeah, it, it was good fun uh, and I had to fight to do physics again, was told that I wasn't allowed to do that and economics and, you know, so I was doing those for a couple of months, but it came to that Christmas, which was last year. Um, so 2019 going into 2020 and um I'd applied for, I'd met a few people at Leonardo, funny enough, from my contacts um, previously and looked at joining their SOC um, in Bristol here in the UK. And that was really great. Got through on a lot of the rounds, um, looked at moving there on my own and everything. So it's quite exciting. But it turned out I didn't get in purely because of the distance where I'd lived. I live in you know, the other side of London. So that was tough to sort of get in my head. And again, I wasn't really enjoying school and it, you know, it was really sort of, you know, draining and didn't fit in, didn't feel right. So it was tough. I wasn't in a great place, but again, I I sort of knew that, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in the universe. um, And I I know that good things will come, you know, when they're meant to. Right. Um, And it came around to January 
Um, and I wasn't planning to go back to school. I thought, you know what, I'm, I've had it, I'm done. But I did go back. Um, and then the following Wednesday, I met Tanesh Chaya. Now, obviously, Tanesh is, you know, the, the CEO of the company that we're, we're both working for. Um, and Tanesh was, you know, he was doing a talk. It came up on my phone, part of the school thing. Now, I wasn't originally going to go to it because I thought, you know what, computer science teacher doesn't like me. Um, I'm not going to bother going. But it turns out I dropped out of my lesson. I thought, you know what, I will go, uh, you know, I'll show up, see what it's about. Uh, and I did. And probably one of the best decisions I've ever made in my entire life, <laughs> my short life so far. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I met Tanesh. It was amazing. Um, you know, we sort of really clicked initially. Uh, and two days later, I just left school. I thought, this is it. This is what I want to do. Um, and I left. So. Yeah, I left that, left that Friday uh, and it was a bit of a shock to everybody that was there and, you know, but uh, it was immediately sort of a weight off my shoulders, right, which was, just felt amazing. Um, and then, yeah, we started to build a relationship. It was a, it was a lot more mentoring to start with, um, but uh, we had a few jobs that he wanted to bring me into straight away around, um, I think it was, uh, you know, LMSs on fishing and all sorts of stuff so yeah it was really interesting sort of getting to know that cyberspace a bit more in depth and from an entrepreneurial perspective as well right as a, as a mentor as I said so yeah it was really really interesting um we started that journey uh and then it got a little bit more interesting around you know what I wanted to do as a company and what I had envisioned the last couple of years so as I said cyber hacks was was doing its thing and I had a couple of gigs um but uh, obviously, as you know, a part of that pen testing say, stage is information gathering. And that sort of got me hooked on that OSINT side of things, that intelligence, counterintelligence, you know, all of those different crazy areas, right? Um, and I started floating this idea of Parsonesh saying, you know, wouldn't this be cool if we could offer OSINT as a service effectively or, you know, try this out and deliver it to this? And I knew that OSINT wasn't a new thing. I knew that threat intelligence wasn't a new thing. Um, but the way I wanted to wrap it up and the way I wanted to deliver it to somebody um, was slightly different to what you'd usually see, you know, your, your recorded futures and, you know, the, the big boys of the world, effectively. Um, so we started floating this idea about and, it, you know, it, it seemed to work. Um, we, we started doing some uh, small gigs for, for clients, friends, family. Uh, we'd even sign up an MSP as well at that point in New York, which was crazy. Uh, they were, they, they supply all sorts of cybersecurity services and they loved the idea and often away they, they, they sold it. So yeah, it was, um, we knew, we knew it was, we knew it was working, um, but we wanted to shape it in, in a way that, you know, made sense. And we were still working on the idea and how you deliver that to somebody. Um, and then come September, we had a, a, a business model, a business plan, a business idea um, and a future as well. I think that was really important to have that vision for where we want to see this. Um, and then September of last year, we, we launched the company officially called Cyber Intelligence. Um, so this is separate to Jenny, the, the, the company I will, will mention in a second. Um, but Cyber Intelligence, again, under that cyber brand is, again, focused on intelligence, right? And, and providing that open source intelligence as a service. Um, so 
We didn't want to call ourselves threat intelligence, though. We wanted to bring something new to the market and, and spice it up a little bit. So we called it close digital protection, um, CDP for short. And it really sort of landed and stuck with our clients and with the prospects we were speaking to because it was a new name. They hadn't heard of it before. Um, and we weren't just covering the typical threat intelligence, you know, looking at complex IOCs and all of this crazy stuff. And don't get me wrong, that's amazing. But we were including things such as like human intelligence and tracking physical stuff in the States. And, you know, it was really interesting. So we launched the company in September and, you know, since then we've been sort of um, smashing it, um, you know, lots of new clients now, lots of new partners in the States, um, you know, SME, SMB level, as well as uh, high net worth individuals, which is, you know, uh, crazy when you're managing their footprint. Um, as well as partners, you know, out in the Middle East and Australia and Hong Kong, and you know, so it's um, yeah, it's very very crazy. Um, but uh, I look back now, and and as I said, that that day of January, I think it was the nineteenth or something like that. Um, best decision, best best decision I've ever made, and what I've learned in the in the last year is, you know, University of Life effectively. Um, it's been really amazing to learn that entrepreneurial sort of aspect inside of things. But um, so, yeah, I think that's sort of an extended, extended view of, of, of where we're at and what we're doing today. I think what's really key in, in your journey too, and for meeting your dad, I think the support of your parents, I think you hit the nail right on the head. Like that's totally key. Like when I met your dad, you know, I was telling Chandler, I've never met someone who's that supportive. I mean, to give up, you know, their weekend or whatever and, and, go be involved with, with their kids, you know, and, and I'm sure there's stuff that, that you do that your dad has no idea what you're doing, but I'm sure that he shows you just as much support because that's the way he is. He's just a cool dude. Yeah. Super, super yeah. supportive. Um, yeah. So I hadn't, I hadn't been to any of the other um, hack the police or anything like that uh, lately, but that was a really cool um, idea that they had. Although some of the projects. So for those of you who don't know what hack the police is, they have vendors who come in, I think that weekend was Amazon and um, some AI platform. Um, but anyways, they, they give you an API key to their tool and, and you develop your own application to help policing. Um, and so everybody was building applications to like help find missing people or to do facial recognition. And me and Vincent are taking down drones in the break room with uh, Wi-Fi. So <laughs> that, that was our little help the police type deal. But we had a really cool app. We had an app that... Um, would do a, a wireless assessment like on the fly, show you all the access points, um, you know, give you ways that the police can DOS access points so they don't get like data integrity issues or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really cool. But the thing that got me was, I mean, I, I looked through that place and I was trying to figure out who I was going to work with. And I was like, oh, I'll just work with myself. Um, but then one of the guys grabbed me and said, no, no, you know, there's this kid over here. He didn't have a, a team. And I was like, let's do it. You know, let's, let's, let's see what we got. And yeah, like right away we were smashing stuff and, and some of the people there were like more interested in what we were doing and rather working on their own project, which I thought was really funny. They come over and watch us like hack the drone and, you know, their group is over there trying to code an application on facial recognition or something and just random stuff. But it was just kind of cool. Um, so yeah, like, so Vincent and I work for the same company um, and the platform is Jenny and there's a lot of information out about it right now. Um, it's in the very beginning stages of, of taking the internet by storm. 
Um, but uh, we've got a couple, you know, a really good staff on board, uh, brand ambassadors, you know, from all over the U.S. and, and Europe that are that are top notch. Um, and of course, we've got the brains behind it, which is Vincent. Uh, Tanesh lets me know that he runs that show. So, yeah, I, I think it would be, you know, um, talking about Jenny as well. You know, with the team, um, Tanesh Newman. Newman is uh, awesome, obviously running running the platform and, and the developers. Right, um, he does an awesome job with it. I think, you know, to 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 give an overview of of what Jenny does, and you know, the feedback's been amazing on it. Um, it is basically a yellow pages for um, cybersecurity companies and vendors that are out there. Uh, it, it uses AI and ML to effectively scrape those companies out on the internet uh, and add it to categories. I think there's 45 at the minute. Don't quote me on that. Uh, Newman, you know, is probably, you know, um, watching over this right now. But um, yeah, so there's 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 45, something like that. Um, but yeah, it, it sort of aggregates that into those categories. You know, is it vulnerability assessments is it you know advanced firewalls or something like that right or dark web you know all, all types um and it sort of plugs those sort of vendors in in those categories and allows people that don't really know what's in the cyber market the ability to search um which is really useful when you're trying mm -hmm. to find somebody that's does x thing in x country and you know you can look at their data sheets there and contact them and yeah it's it's a really cool platform um and the guys have you know worked really hard to to build it and get up and running a lot of time behind it so um yeah yeah it's i definitely recommend checking it out yeah, it's definitely definitely cool um yeah. yeah we came together on that on that platform um is there any questions i'm sure you guys are, are just steaming with with questions to ask vincent so Go right ahead. So, so the platform, um, I know you mentioned it aggregates, uh, you know, all of the vendors on the internet and kind of puts them in one platform, like the yellow pages, but, um, are you, um, how do vendors kind of control that, uh, information or do you guys, or how's that, you know, like, are you going to open it up to where companies can kind of add things or, you know, tell me more about, about that. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. So again, um, <laughs> Newman will definitely do a better pitch than me and a better ex explanation. Um, but effectively, the companies are onboarded automatically. Jenny goes out there, she finds those companies, um, and then she's tagged as a as a as a J, I believe. Um, and that means that the vendor themselves haven't approved, if you like, that data that's there. It's come from their website, but they haven't approved. They haven't edited it. Um, now, what happens with companies that are interested uh, in the platform, they will then be a verified member on Jenny, um, where they can then effectively come on. There's an onboarding form where they fill out their information, uh, you know, their website, their services, their descriptions. Um, they'll have the chance to upload data sheets as well as there. There's a new thing, you know, beyond the uh, beyond the platform, which is focusing on the more human aspect and interviews and, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, so uh, as well as technical information, what what compliance you hit and all of that good stuff. So that's then uh, the, the vendor then gives that to Jenny effectively and then that's updated uh, and then they get to change it when they want. They get to view the analytics behind it, you know, how many views, what kind of uh, region are being viewed, et cetera. So that's when they, you know, come on board effectively as a, as a verified member. Well, that highlights a good, a good point too, because I know working for various CISOs, a lot of them when it comes to bringing new tools or new applications, um, they'll hand it off to the analyst and say, you know, go get me market research on mm -hmm. these three tools. 
So Gini make that a whole lot easier when you just have to jump into Gini and grab the mm -hmm. data and hand it off. And you mentioned yeah. a good, you know, a good, uh, a really valid point there about um, three tools, right? Uh, with Jenny, you can actually compare up to three companies in one panel. So you can look at their services, you know, of all three companies and then print a report on that, uh, which is, you know, really awesome when you're doing that research. It just speeds it up, uh, you know, so much quicker. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yep. And when it comes to the vendors, um, is there any kind of like rating system or any like feedback or uh, some type of review uh, process as well? Yeah, hundred percent on the platform. There's a, there's a, you know, um, users can opt in to basically review and make comments and the vendors will see that on their sort of end and their login. Um, obviously that's all monitored in what people are saying, et cetera. Um, but again, it, it's all um, the way we, you know, the way Tinesh vision, this is agnostic. It's technology agnostic. You'll notice when you go to the platform as well, you'll see 10 vendors. When you click on a category, you'll see 10 vendors that pop up and then the list of all of the other vendors. Now, if you were to refresh the page or come back onto that category, you'd say, see two, um, sorry, 10 new vendors at the top of the page. Um you know, which is really awesome because everybody's then guaranteed a, a say in the market effectively. Right. So. Exactly. Very cool. Very cool. Or you can always swipe right or super swipe and, you know, you'll be right on that page. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vincent, what, what are, what was like, you know, one of the biggest challenge that you had to face, um, you know, in, in the business world at, at such a young age? Looking like he's 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I mean i'm not gonna lie the, the age thing has um you know I, I i embrace it now um i've learned to embrace it because you know I, I would like to think there's not many people out there doing what i'm doing um and i want to embrace the fact that you know i am where i am with the business and what it does with my age is that when i you know talk about my age um and I monitor and I look at the way people's attitude changes. Um, and what it does is really highlights between the people I want to work with and the people I don't want to work with. Because theoretically, you know, when does that stop? When does it become okay, you know, right. that I can do X, Y, Z? So it, it, it's initially it was a it was a you know a pain you'd go to conferences and people just wouldn't want to talk to you um you know and I, again because of my diving I'm, I feel like I'm a fairly confident person I would just go up to somebody and you know spark a conversation right um but it, you know it was a pain when people would stick their nose up um but at the same time as I said I've learned to embrace that now because I thought you're not even worth my time you know yeah. um and and that's just the way I'm looking at it. I'm always trying to find the, the the sort of the the best in every situation right um but yeah at 100 that, that's been an issue but um i think one of the biggest sort of business challenges has been so far the the investment uh that we're looking to raise for close digital protection so uh mine and tanesh's company so tanesh is actually the coo of uh, my company um cyber intelligence and we are looking to raise uh, money for our platform uh, to build the service out to make it you know fully automated AI ML you know you name it right um, and we're looking for quite a lot of money you know and we've we've developed the pitch deck um, spent time researching that researching you know investors that are niche I don't want to be wasting anybody's time I want to know what you know what type of investments they do um, you know is it series a you know c or what you know it's that niche market um, 
you know, do they do they only invest in green energy or do they invest in cybersecurity? You know, all these different things. I'm I'm trying to narrow that down to get a select list of, of people. And you know, we we've hit that nail on the head, I would say, so far, and, and still doing that. And, you know, so reaching out to those investors, uh, you know, getting on the phone calls, taking bad. Uh, feedback or you know critical feedback and then you know jumping on calls that have been amazing right we've had a a, a real um you know most of the time you know it's nice to say that there there are a lot of good calls and the conversations are moving forward and we potentially do have a couple of lead investors which is you know awesome news but from a business a business um standpoint yeah 100 percent that the the whole investment process has been uh, you know amazing because it's non-technical uh, i would say compared to coming from a cyber background and everything it's been awesome to get that business side of you know the, uh, of the business <laughs> if that makes sense so yeah cool Trevin, do you have anything else yeah definitely um Oh yeah, no. Thank, thank you for that. Was a very that was a very good answer. Um, no, I, I'm so curious. So uh, I don't I don't know. Am I allowed to ask you for your age? I mean, how old are you, Vincent? I'm 17 at the minute. Yeah, 17. Seven, so that's that is cool. mind blowing. I think it's incredible that you are 17 and you're so articulate and mature and and doing what you're doing and starting your own company. Um, I, I see some similarities between you and Alton. I know Alton, mm-hmm. you also were like so fed up with the school system <laughs> that you were like nope I'm, I'm doing my own thing yeah so, uh, yeah exactly when you start, well, yeah when you started saying that that kind of brought me back to like you know me growing up as well I had the same exact thing I was very technical I wanted to just learn what I needed to learn in order to like get to where I wanted to go I didn't really care to wake up early to learn about like you know history and stuff like that without you know when I when I first started I just wanted to learn exactly what I needed to know to get me on that mm-hmm. path so that's really cool yeah yeah 100 percent um I, w- I will be turning uh 18 in two months so not long yet I'm always saying that I'm running out of time um which is I think you, you have know, plenty of time yeah yeah it makes me laugh and and I, I you know depending obviously how the conversation goes with investors uh and how their reaction is I always laugh and you know ask them for you know x million for my 18th birthday and you know it, it makes them smile right so yeah yeah it's uh it's, it's good fun it's good fun nice I like that you're using it to your advantage yeah yeah you're like look i have this whole life ahead of me to perfect it so invest in me (laughs) yeah yeah i I mean yeah that that's one element of it i mean i've had people tell me that you know uh this is actually a quote um your age is a critical failure to your business uh but i love the entrepreneurial spirit uh that that was something i had in feedback uh you know yeah some of it's been really tough to take in but i just sort of embrace it think that you're not the right person to work with and I'm glad that this has happened this way rather than going down a a path where you then you know spark relationships and then you know I've learned this from Tanesh Tanesh has always said it's it's um easy get easy to get married but hard to get divorced right um so you know when you want to get into relationships with different people and you know all of that it's you got to take it slow and just take their feedback as it comes and then you know, differentiate between the people you want to work with and you don't. So, yeah. Yeah. So how are you guys uh, monetizing um, the, the platform that you're working on, Jenny? So Jenny, um, Jenny has been monetized by just a monthly subscription. It's very simple. Um, I think, you know, 
for more information around that, uh, Newman and Tanesh would be the experts on how they're doing that. Um, you know, I, I would say I'm more on the sidelines with that and supporting as it goes uh, where I can. Um, but in terms of CDP and close digital protection, our, our other company for the, you know, intelligence service, um, it's, it, we're pivoting a lot based on who we're working with, um, because depending obviously on the client size, your your reputation of that, or the, the company's reputation is usually larger, right? The more they're worth. So, you know, obviously there's pricing comes in there, but we're trying to, the reason that we, you know, we, one of our USPs, why we're different um, is we're trying to create this threat intelligence platform as a subscription based service uh, on a you know uh, as fully managed and on a monthly basis you'll go to the recorded futures of the world and i've used their technology and don't get me wrong it's amazing what they do in the digital shadows it's you know it's pretty crazy how they find what they find um but there's no platform out there that's sort of a go-to for businesses that is a click buy now put in your digital assets you know your domains your ips you you know you whatever right uh, and often away you go and cancel at any time effectively uh, with a you know a price associated with that. There's not really a platform like that at the moment. And that's where we're trying to hit with that SME market. Um, you know, you look at these large corporations and they have uh, internal threat intelligence functions, internal security programs. Um, but you look at the organizations lower down. Uh, the startups, the SMEs that don't have that, they're struggling because they need this this technology. You know, we, we now work with our clients that, you know, they've been hit by ransomware attacks um, and their dark web is, uh, sorry, their data has been released on, you know, Twitter, uh, screenshots of information from the dark web and they, they don't know how to go about it, right? Um, because they don't have those internal, internal teams. So that's sort of where we're looking to, to come in, where, these these guys uh you know and these companies effectively have a you know a website they can click buy now effectively put their assets in and they're being monitored by an analyst internally from us right and then we can talk to them through the platform show them assets uh that have been scanned and investigations in real time it's a very uh hold your hand through the process and we deal with all the remediation uh, you know, they they make the business decisions that come back to us, and then we obviously deal with that that remediation. Um, so, in terms of monetizing it, it, at the moment it's pivoting because you know, again, we're working with higher net worth individuals, and somebody that's worth ten million or somebody that's worth five hundred million, you don't just want to be charging them the same amount of money because their reputation is a lot and their brand is a lot bigger, right? Um, so, still still pivoting at the moment, but again we've sort of compare ourselves and uh, as a visionary, I'm always saying that I want to become the Microsoft of threat intelligence or security intelligence, you know, simple buy now button subscription. If you need to add more assets, then, you know, they, they just add on, right. It's simple as that. Um, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so let's just talk more about threat intelligence. I'm sure Alton and Mike has more technical questions to ask, but kind of give me an overview of like, what are some interesting things that you're seeing um, in terms of like threat intelligence that you guys are monitoring? Yeah, yeah, 100%. So um, at the moment, it's a lot of uh, ransomware attacks, uh, which is, you know, the, 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 I would say the standard at the moment for our clients. Um, you know, 
obviously we have access to the dark web and all of that, you know, crazy data and can translate across multiple languages and, uh, and all of that good stuff. But it really does depend on the clients because we're not just, we're not doing it for an entire sector. It's more based around a particular client at a given time. Um, so if we're monitoring one of our, um, MSPs, funny enough, and they've got access to a law firm. Um, they were hit by, uh, I believe it was Revil, Revil uh, ransomware. Um, you know, their da- data was sold and sold on the Happy Blog, and that was the whole process of finding that information. Uh, you know, looking at the mega NZ links, getting that taken down, and following that whole sort of uh, process uh, of that mitigation. So. It really does depend in terms of what we're seeing in the threat intel. I know I've spoken to people recently, um, the, the, um, some interesting people within the, the uh, finance sector, um, and they're you know really obviously focusing on the um, threat actors that are hitting those sectors and, and so on, right? So they look at it from that broad perspective. Uh, I would say we're more narrowed down on what's hitting that client. But also in the future, we are looking at bringing in threat context, which looks at all the threat actors out there, what what markets they're hitting. Um, so for example, if our client is in the financial sector, we effectively tailor news and uh, threat actors to them. We look at what what threat vectors they're using and then effectively tell them in advance okay look we're seeing a lot of uh, these threat actors using phishing attempts and the emails look like this we give them that information um and then often away they go they remediate they turn up the anti-spam or whatever right uh and they put notices out so we've got it, it's more of a vision at the moment what we're what we're trying to do on a broad scale and look at threat intelligence as a whole but at the moment it's very niche to one one client gotcha um, so how do you how do you kind of keep the, you know, like the the data? How do you protect your company's data from from you know these threats? Since you guys are monitoring it. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, and we've had a lot of conversations with law enforcement. Um, we work with with uh, some law enforcement, and their whole discussion is around okay, where's your data? Where it's being hosted? Who's supplying the data? And you know, uh, when it comes to OSINT, some of you may know, um, but tool used by and created by the russians um obviously that poses some issues and some concerns um so all these different things around the technology um we have to vet that when it comes to who we're working with and where that where they're at and you'll see a lot of the russian tools are registered in you know the netherlands or germany or somewhere like that right uh which is quite interesting but you know that sort of supply chain is all they're all in in moscow right so um and just yeah so we're obviously looking at that and the feeds that we're bringing in. Um, we obviously are in, you know, the cloud AWS protecting that pen testing all the time. We're looking at getting cyber essentials and all those, um, you know, necessary, uh, necessary compliance compliances, if you like. So that's how we're doing it at the minute, but obviously we will have more processes and, and more sort of, um, compliance that we have to meet as we move along with law enforcement and also companies. Gotcha. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So during threat intelligence, one of the things that, that I found like really interesting, like when you dive into what CrowdStrike does, CrowdStrike does a lot of uh, geopolitical, they do a lot of internet, they do a lot of technology intelligence, right? Um, so they have something really cool where they've taken all the different nation state groups and hacking groups and turned them into like 
these cartoon characters, uh, which made it like totally digestible for like all the geeks and, you know, in IT or whatever, looking at buying the product. Um, but I think it's like the most important thing. Um, I was, I talked to somebody earlier last week uh, over in Europe about, you know, what I see the biggest pain points are. And I, I think what people are seeing now is that they're realizing just how much infrastructure they truly have during the pandemic. Because when that infrastructure is separated between the workers and the actual operations, like, they're, they're actually starting to see that there's, there's more to their network than they actually thought to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, and without any kind of like actionable threat intelligence, like let's say you don't have, uh, you know, you don't know the tool set that they use or, you know, uh, the banking trojans using uh, Bank of America or, you know, some of the larger banking institutions have their own threat intelligence. What they do is they break it down to infrastructure and um, geo- geopolitical groups, right? And so they, they list out all different groups and their technology and, and what verticals they try to hit. Are you guys looking to build something like that out to where you have like human assets to, to dig that information from the dark web and, and from those different groups? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, I think it's important to note that the way our platform works is that we have uh, a back-end portal, if you like, where the analyst sits, mm-hmm. uh, and then a front-end portal that we've actually called, again, a new name, Reportal, which is a report-based portal. Again, nice. just a quirky name, you know, why not bring something new? So, um we're looking at the analyst in the back end has the ability to do those real time searches into the dark web, do those investigations. They can search in, you know, social media and data leakage from, you know, Elasticsearch or AWS, whatever. Right. Um, and they can pull that data in a nice graph fashion effectively in the platform. And what's really nice is that enables us to filter that information before we pass it to the client. So we're only passing the client actionable intelligence that they only need to see what's going on now in their environment. We don't want to show them leak credentials from five years ago. It's just, it's just not, you know, so we want to, you know, with the analysts in the back end, we are looking to then start to, as you said, sort of um, gather our own data and our own sort of analysis on the threat landscape within the dark web, for example. So that's something we're looking to, to get to in the future, 100%. Yeah, that's so pretty, is, that, is the analyst a, a person or is it, or are you guys using AI for that role? So when it comes to threat intelligence and open source intelligence and counterintelligence, right, um, I'm 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 a firm believer. I mean, I, I like AI, but I'm a firm believer there still needs to be people behind it. Hundred percent at the minute, it's just not good enough for for AI to make those connections. So we have a person sitting behind the platform that can manage up to X number of organisations in one go. Um, now, in terms of alerts, if an analyst is down, for example, alerts go straight through depending on their, you know, critical sort of uh, level and severity level. Um, but the the analyst is there for those investigations. So when our clients sign up, that yes, they get the 24-7 monitoring, but they also get X number of hours of investigations on the back of those alerts that are coming through. So, for example, if a threat actor has just mentioned them in the dark web, saying that, X, you know, we're looking to attack this on whatever, right, on this IP, um, we would obviously pick that up and we would then have our analysts go into the dark web do those investigations on that alias, look at, are they connected to any other accounts, PGP, you know, uh, Bitcoin address, you name it, right? It then branches out as a spider web. Um, And that's what we're looking to achieve when we get the platform and the MVP up and running, which is about 10 weeks out now. Um, 
that's what we're really looking to 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 hit there. Nice, yeah. nice, awesome. Do, do you partner with any uh, cybersecurity companies, or mostly MSPs, or who's your I guess uh, ideal partner? Yeah, so we we partner at the moment because we're so young. I mean, we're only six seven months old. It's very let's have conversations and let's see where it goes. Right? It's not you know, a strict company guidelines to this. Um, we're very open to conversations with anybody. I mean, to give you, you know, an idea, we've got partners that are just delivering sort of ATO services, account takeover services with credential monitoring. Um, and those guys are, you know, ex-secret service out in the States. Um, we've got partners that have access to a huge network of high net worth individuals, uh, two separate partners, one in UAE and GCC, as well as um, in, in the States. Uh, we've got uh, a cybersecurity partner in New York, um, an IT provider, so not even somebody in, in, in uh, you know, cyber, uh, an IT provider in the UK. Um, it, it really does range. It really does range uh, in who we want to, you know, work with. And again, that all just comes down to a conversation if we see if we see you know business effectively are you actively reaching out to the these businesses that are currently your partners or um was it through like uh, connections or your networking or was that some of your networking um you know coming in and benefiting so so kind of tell me how how you did that because i i know that's always a big challenge for companies mm. especially mm. new ones and especially one with a very young founder right um it, it's you know i feel like cybersecurity is one of those industries where you've got to build trust right so yeah yes yeah. so, so how, how do you how do you kind of have that connection and you know like where where how did you start from zero customers to kind of where you are now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think I've got, you know, I, I had a, a small network, right. And I knew people, but I think I've got to give uh, well, the, a lot of credit to Tanesh here. Um, this is where Tanesh comes in as the head and shoulders and the experience. Uh, and again, I fully embrace that. It, it's awesome having somebody that I can turn around to uh, ask those questions that I'm struggling with and have that, um, you know that advice and again it's lovely because it's it, it, we're business partners we're friends and also a mentor right so his network is huge uh and we've tapped into that but again not even all of it we don't want to fall over that's a key thing we don't want to you know reach out to all these people uh, and fall over one thing i would say as well is that a lot of our business um has come from referrals so we've not even picked up the phone or an email yet out to try and sell our service which has been pretty awesome. Um, it's all done through word of mouth um, at the moment. And we are obviously looking to, you know, get salespeople on and, you know, channel part, uh, channel and managers and all of that good stuff. But a lot of it is through word of mouth uh, in who we're dealing with. Um, some of them have come from me uh, out in the States. A few of them were my contacts. Um, again, a lot of it's come from Tanesh's, Tanesh's network. But it's yeah, it's just about building that relationship with them and, and building that trust. Um, this will make you laugh. One of our partners in the States, um, some of the, the, the guys under the company, they don't even they don't know how old I am. Uh, and one, one of the one of the guys there, bless him, he thinks I've got, you know, kids and, you know, and married. <laughs> um, and he actually he actually said that You're I, like, I, I don't even old, have my license yet. <laughs> Yeah, 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 exactly, right? So he thinks I'm older than Tanesh, got kids married, you know, <laughs> being there, done it. Um, so 
I don't know if you'll, if you'll see this on LinkedIn or whatever, but um, yeah, no, it'll be a nice surprise. But I mean, I, I was working with them since I just turned 16 as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, just about building those relationships and, uh, and word of mouth, I think is so key. Networking is absolutely and the community is so small too you know i Mm. remember when i first talked to tanesh about about the company he says oh yeah we've got this guy that works for us and uh he's a young kid and and you know his name is vincent and i was like wait a minute wait a minute i know that name (laughs) he said you know vincent cook and i said of course i know vincent cook absolutely um and that's when tanesh said yeah he you know he's he's with the company that's you know say no more you know whatever you guys need just let me know um so that's that's how i got brought into that group of, of people really great group of people too when i looked at the people on the board and the and the ambassadors like some of the names that they had was was pretty amazing mm-hmm. um like i think a good majority of them are, have have been keynote speakers at some point or still are um so given your background vincent and everything you've done if there's one thing you could have changed so far and believe me, there'll be a few, I'm sure, come down the road because, you know, you're starting out at such a young age. You're going to have a few of the things that, that you look back and go, man, I really wish I could have done that differently. Is there anything you've done so far that you wish you could have gone back to, to, to change or make different? It's, it's an interesting question because, you know, as I said at, at the start, um, I'm a very firm believer in the universe and I always think, um i always say that the universe has got three answers not yet maybe or yes you know um and that's sort of stuck with me throughout what i'm doing and i've never really regretted any decision i've made even if it's not the best one i've ever made i've always thought you know okay let it's happened now let's move on we've learned from it um and it's always been okay i wouldn't have been here if i hadn't have done that or i wouldn't have learned this if i hadn't have done that so that yes i've made lots of mistakes but i don't think i regret or would change any of them if i'm going to be honest with you if i was to give you an answer it'd be um you know learn to save money a little bit more uh, and some of the things i've spent money on maybe not but in terms of you know from a business perspective I, you know i don't you know i don't think i regret anything i've made mistakes 100% we all make mistakes but i wouldn't say i regret any decision i've made yeah, I think that's key. I think knowing that, that you're going to make mistakes is, is the foundational key. But learning from those mistakes and moving past it is another thing. Um, you know, there's, there's tons of things within cybersecurity that, that are new to me. Uh, podcasting. I never would have thought I would have been mm-hmm. doing a podcast. If you'd asked me, you know, the day that, that we met Vox Hall, if I'd have a podcast, I'd tell you, no, it's n- never happens. Um, but here, here I am doing a podcast with you guys. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's weird how different choices we make early on in in our careers in cybersecurity kind of determine who you become later on down the road. Um, And it's really cool to see some of the people that that I've hired, you know, years ago and look at where they're at now. Um, There was one girl that that I brought into uh, an oil and gas company and she was just a SOC analyst. I was building a SOC and now she runs one for another company. Um, It's just little things like that is really cool going through your career, like looking back and seeing the people that you've worked with and, and the people you've, you know, brought products to market with and, you know, what it's done for them and where they're at now. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say and add to that, uh, you know, 
definitely learning from your mistakes is one and and going back to having that network um and people around you to learn from you know um who said you have to learn from your own mistakes right um having that network there and that you know circle of friends and and whatever you you can pick up what everybody else is doing and learn from them and learn from their mistakes as well that's also key um yeah yeah, that's that's definitely key. Although I tend to make uh, stupid pet trick mistakes, where I keep making the same mistake over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Ryan, I'm sure you have some questions. You've been texting me, and and uh, we've been talking about it. So, Vincent, what, what's the what do you think the main difference is between the practitioner mindset and the entrepreneur entrepreneurial mindset? What was the like the biggest challenge you faced going from you know? Yeah, the, yeah. The no, that's an awesome question, actually, because I, I've often thought about this myself is that, you know, I love the fact that I have um, I, I would like to think I have a, a balance between a practitioner and knowing my stuff effectively and, and the business and being able to talk to people. And Tanesha said that as well with me that, you know, I, I, I just have the ability to speak to people and, and, and be myself and be upfront about it. Um, but, you know, have that. To that that practitioner knowledge behind me to then back up everything that I'm saying so it, yeah it's a really interesting question um and I you know if I'm if I'm being brutally honest I I love the 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 business and entrepreneurial side of things I think that's amazing connecting with different people and you know understanding how how things work in that sense and how people operate um is is awesome um but you know, and I, I would say that's the main difference in terms of, you know, there's a slight shift, if you like, 51% towards, um, you know, business and entrepreneurial. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely on top of things when it comes to a, a practitioner sense. I mean, we're still a very small company, right? And I, I'm, I'm the one delivering uh, most of the time. We have two other analysts, but um, I'm the one sort of overseeing and delivering on, on most of those projects. So I have to, you know, keep in the loop and, and, and there's some interesting things coming out soon that will help people to keep in the loop around intelligence um, that we're working on. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a very fine line, I would say, um, but I love that entrepreneurial side 100%. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask a very similar question, too, because I know you're very technical. And um, I feel like a lot of times when you're starting a business, you know, you kind of have to like shift gears between marketing, sales, business development, you know, not tax season this year. You got to figure that out. And so I was wanting to know, too, like, how do you how do you make take? I'm oh, sorry, my dog's having a dream. How do you uh, <laughs> how do you like kind of like keep that balance to where, you know, you keep your true passion at being technical, but also kind of managing a lot of the day to day business stuff and growing with that? Yeah, no, this is a great question as well. Uh, and we always laugh because whenever I make a joke, oh, we got, you know, a finance meeting or something like that, or I'll talk to the engineer. It's always like, um, you know, kind of me, me being the engineer, right? Uh, I'll just get the engineer and then I'll pop back on the screen. Um, so, you, you know, yeah, wearing different hats is, is so important. Uh, That's just, you know, pivoting in a business. Um, in terms of structure, uh, we, you know, last year was very all over the place. We were super busy. We still are now, but it was very there was a not a lot of structure so at the start of the year we put in sales and pipeline sessions we put in marketing sessions we put in finance sessions where we would make sure we only focus on those things to get done 
Um, and that was that's been so key throughout the year is that we we have our uh, software that we you know track all of our um, pipeline and sales and we only focus on that in that session. Obviously, we can pivot throughout the week and pick up things that need to be done, but that time is dedicated for that specific thing. So that's been that's been really key throughout this year is having those dedicated sessions. Um, you know, even though we have a finance meeting and it's still me and Tanesh, right? We have a marketing meeting and it's still me and Tanesh. Um, you know, you know, it, it, so it does make us laugh, but it's still good separating them out and and focusing on that one thing. Um, but yeah, yeah, you're you're not alone there. Um, so so Alton and I, we're both. Um, at Vana High Securities. So, so starting out the company, it was very much like that for us as well. It was like, okay, sales is a marketing meeting and it, it's, it's him and I. And then we have a meeting where you talk about finance and it's just him and I. So I, I can definitely relate there. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I end up building, you know, all the, the, the decks and the pitch decks and the, the, the sort of marketing collateral. And then I will go off and do an investigation and then come back and fill out, you know, invoices and, you know, so it, it but what's amazing is it's such good fun. It's such good fun playing a different role in those different hats um, yeah. because you get, you get a viewpoint from, from every, you know, every role in the business. But I think what's also key is, is hiring people uh that is so so keen we've had it in the past where we've had people uh, come on uh, and again where we start up we're trying to pivot in terms of how we keep them on and and pay and again that's always in the back of our mind okay we need to hit this number to you know but um even even if we're losing out on potential profit um but we have somebody doing something that could generate xyz um, that's super key to have those people within the business, you know, to, to for scalability, right? Um, it's having those people, you know, around you and people that support, you know, the culture you have, the business culture, um, and making sure you work together, right, in a way that that, that is comfortable for the, the whole organization that, that will allow you to excel. Yeah. So kind of this is a question that has... Um to do more about like, you know, somewhat, somewhat of your social life, but you know, you're so young and having your own business, I, I know firsthand how much time and effort that takes, right? Like I, I'm doing like 14, 16 hour days sometimes. Um, not that I'm complaining, Alton, <laughs> but, but it's a lot of work and you do it because it's your own baby and you, you know, it's like, you want to see it grow and you know that you're the only one that's going to do it, right? Like it, it's yeah. all on you. So, um, you know, so for being so young, I mean, you're, you're 17, like other 17 year olds your age are probably out partying. So, so what's that like, you know, do you have like kind of friends that are also techie? I mean, what's, what's your idea of fun? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a great question. Um, so yeah, I, I can relate to the the hours per week. I, I could end up quite easily doing eighty to hundred hours a week. You know, it, you know, easily. It's you know, just it just happens, right? As you said, it, it's it's a baby, and you want to see it grow. And, it, and if it if it needs X Y Z, then then you're going to do it, right? There's no two yep. ways about it. So you know that that's that's just my mindset, and you know, I would say a lot of my friends are older than me um i've just got on a lot better with older people um you know obviously while i was in school i had friends but i you know even when i was in school i couldn't stand people just because of how childish and pathetic <laughs> if i'm being be brutally honest yeah, right? no, I, just no. couldn't, yep. I couldn't stand people and, and it was very frustrating and that was while i was in school 
now I look back and 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 sometimes I feel sorry for the people that that were behaved the way they did because I'm thinking where are you going to get you know where are you going to get in life with that that's not you know um so I've always I've never really uh, I mean I've got select friends I think you only need a few friends that that are the, the, the right people um so I've got select friends my my you know in my age bracket if you like um that aren't techie right um but a lot of the people I speak to and connect with even Newman right so Newman's a couple of years older than me amazing young entrepreneur again um and we we connect really well and it's just that that mindset and that you know uh, mentally we we want to do this and we want to achieve kind of thing uh, and obviously it's nice Newman's a techie as well so you know connecting with people that are older than me is is usually you know what it's about and I don't have an issue with that and when it comes to Tanesh and that's what I really love about our relationship is he doesn't see it as that it's a a 45 odd year old and a, and a 17 year old he sees it as we're both equal and we have a laugh all the time we get along you know it, it's really nice to to remain on that sort of um that same level with somebody and then to have that same respect for you as you do for them so yeah absolutely absolutely yeah I can definitely relate with that um I mean, not, not telling you guys how old I am, but, um, even when I was working, I was always, uh, I was always labeled as like the intern and I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I, I work here full time. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I get, I get that a lot too. Um, and a lot of my friends and mentors are also, um, uh, much older too, but it, it's nice. I feel like, um, you know, when I started working, I started to realize that age is, doesn't really matter because it's more about that emotional intelligence. And I think emotional intelligence is different for people, but you know, age has nothing to do with it. I like for you, for example, I mean, I think you have a lot of emotional intelligence for, for someone at your age, you know, you sound like you, you know, you're, you could pass as a 35 year old if I was just talking to you on the phone, you know? <laughs> Yep. And also I got to say, it's really nice to hear that you're embracing networking. I got to tell you, when I started pen testing and when I was, I don't know, 18, 19 years old, 20, I was just focused on being very technical. Mm -hmm. And so when I went on site, I was just all about just getting the work done, didn't really try to embrace a relationship with the client. And, you know, because I just didn't really see it as uh, very valuable until I got a little bit older. And I, you know, I was like, well, when I started my company, you know, I really started to realize that, you know, having- You're like, I should have been nicer to people. <laughs> Yeah, you start thinking about previous clients, you're like, man, I wish like, like, I wish I could reach out to them, but they probably won't remember me, right? Because I was just the guy in the conference room hacking. I didn't really get to mm -hmm. ask them, you know, how was your day? How was your week? What do you guys do? You know, how long have you been with the company? Mm -hmm. So it's really nice to hear that you're embracing that because, you know, like you said, the universe really works in the way it's supposed to. And so down the mm -hmm. road, it's so interesting how like the, you know, a person that you never thought would hit you up with all of a sudden they need you really badly in like yesterday so yeah, uh, yeah. that's that's really and, cool. and that's you know that's the way it's been uh, you know a lot of our business uh, funny enough one of our clients now um we built a relationship with them i want to say a year and a half ago uh they knew we're a startup they knew sort of what we were doing and the idea and you know a year and a half later we've just landed a fairly large deal with this this client right um you know and, and obviously the, the deal is always the nice but it's also a nice feeling that you know you you planted a seed a year and a half ago that that has started an awesome relationship that they've thought of you you know a year and a half later that you know that's been so so key with it always you know it, even when we start our calls right with um people in the states um and you know um 
we always say, oh, how's it over there? You know, we talk about the COVID restrictions and we, you know, we end up spending 10, 15 minutes just having a catch up. Right. Um, and and yes, it, it, it sort of um, detracts. 10, 15 minutes to call and, you know, people always say shorter meetings, better to the point, whatever. But when you're starting out and you're building these partnerships, it's so key to, if if you have to extend those meetings to build that relationship and it, you're, you're human, everybody's human at the end of the day. You're not just somebody that's, you know, working in an office. And I think that's what COVID's really helped out with in a way that, you know, people have actually understood that we're all just people doing doing our daily thing, right? And we need to, you know, understand each other a bit better. So, yeah, the 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 relationship, um, you know, the relationships when when you you know creating them is so so important, so important. Yeah, I, I think one of the best pieces of advice that, that I ever got, and that you know I could probably ever give, is the fact that. You know, when you start a company and, and when you're building something new, it's always important to give back. Um, no matter how busy the schedule is, no matter you know what what you have on your plate, if you have to to you know disregard 20 minutes from one you know plan to to jump on to help somebody out to give something back instead, um, that'd be my biggest piece of advice for for anybody starting out a career. But with that same same line, Vincent. Um, you know, knowing there's going to be kids who watch this. I mean, we have a kid that comes into the discord is like 11 years old. So if you were to give your 11 year old self a piece of advice that would help him today, what would it be? Use frustration um, and people telling you no, use that to drive you and use it as motivation to prove them wrong. That has been the number one thing that I've stuck with. I always embrace, um, you know, that, that no, you can't do this. You know, even back down, you know, diving when I used to learn new dives, no, you, you're not ready for that yet. Or you're not, you know, and then, uh, you know, school, you can't do this. You, you can't do engineering. You can't, you know, it was constant, right? Um, but it's, it's learning not to just think, oh, okay, I'm not good enough at this. If you have that passion, uh, and you have that ambition to be your future self um, and who you want to be, then you've got to learn to use that frustration that you, you, you're taking from, you know, onboarding from those no's and using that as your motivation to think, no, I'm going to, I'm going to prove you wrong. Um, and that has been something that, you know, as, as I said, has stuck with me. Every call I have, you know, for example, with the investors, you hear a lot of notes, right? Yeah. But it's just like, no, I'm going to prove you wrong. You know, uh, I'm going to be bigger than you at some point. You know, so it, it's just that to just keep keep going. You can't you can't let somebody just you know um, say no to you if they if they don't know who you are, they don't know your dreams, they don't know your ambitions. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, and that that give back piece is so important for me as well. You mentioned and. You know, with uh, with uh, DCC, you know, Jenny, um, we're onboarded as as part of the Kickstart program here in the UK, and that's effectively giving back to young individuals that are on, you know, universal universal credit, and that because of COVID, you know, it's hard for them to find the job. So we've got those people on board, and we bring them on, and I'm training, and spending time with them, building those relationships and uh, and people skills, um, and then as well as um, I won't go into too much detail about this at the moment. Uh, it's a whole new session in itself, but 
we create it you know me and Tanesh created a company last year called cyber inspire so another one of the cyber brand um and that's really looking at creating a, a cyber security program available for young people between well you know at any age that they can start but bridging that gap between people sub 18 effectively um bridging that gap between industry you know you'll find a lot of apprenticeships a lot of jobs will require five years experience and minimum age of 18 it's like you know where where do you find that right and they don't teach it in school they don't teach cyber security in school at least over here right. uh you know uni again it's it's out of date a lot of it is just they're trying to keep up with it right it's like a hamster on, on a spinning wheel mm-hmm. um so we're trying to create a program that's dynamic that changes uh but gives young learners the ability to you know log onto a platform and and have a have a program that aligns with their school terms for example detailed down to that you know you know um and they and they do different things in cybersecurity and they learn you know and we have companies that sponsor it and they go off and do placements there you know so it's really that give back piece uh when it comes to cyber i'm i'm really all about that and you know the charity work around that 100 percent yeah, it's super important. I think uh, in order to keep the industry going and moving in the direction that, that, you know, I think we all want to go in, you know, it requires giving back sometimes and sacrifice. Um, and what's what's funny is, you know, this, the same people who tell you no and, and slam doors in your faces, they don't change as they get older. And they don't change the more time they're in the industry. They're still the same people that want to slam yep. doors. Um, and that's part of the thing I have to remember is when I'm dealing with people in the industry is that, you know, sometimes I don't always pick up someone's personality or, or the way they're communicating. And so I just have to let it go and keep yep. moving um, because, you know, I'm sure Bill Gates had tons of people slam doors in his faces before Microsoft became, you know, what it is today. So those, those things are going to come along. Um, anybody listening right now that, that has a question, feel free to put it in the chat box and I'll make sure Vincent gets it. Um, just to let you know, Vincent, that um, I told you before, the podcast is being recorded. It'll be uploaded to TechStrong TV, um, and they'll be broadcasting it um, three days a week, uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, I believe, are the correct days, um, spread out through their uh, Digital Anarchist uh, show. So you can download it there. Um, I don't have any more questions. I'm just, I'm glad to see you, Vincent. I'm glad to see you're doing well. Um, Tell your family I said hello. Your dad is like super cool. Um, tell you, tell him he still owes me an ice cream too. Yes, I was about to say we still owe you an ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anybody else have anything for uh, Vincent? Yeah, I got one last question for Vincent. Um, what's uh, what are some milestones you want to hit um, ten years from now? Ten years from now, wow. Um, so. I guess it starts with the short term. I want to hit the the, the investment goal uh, and scale our company. That's number one. That's always in in my head. Uh, I want to I want to scale that company and 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 make the certain products for the different industries as well as individuals and and really build that out and focus on that. Um, Ten years as well. I'm looking at you know again building on that that give back program and and how to innovate that. Um, as well as uh, some some fairly cool stuff to do with uh, you know drones and all sorts of crazy stuff that I've got planned for the future, but um, just trying to focus you know 
one thing at a time. I always say one day at a time, right? Tomorrow is never guaranteed. So just just get today as you know as well as you can, and then on to the next. So you got to think long term, one hundred percent. But um, you know, one thing at a time. Yeah. Very cool. Anybody else? Ryan, you have anything else? A question for uh, all of the hosts, actually. Like everyone here is super intelligent. You, Mike, Alton, a lot of you. Um, what is it about the school system that, like, none of us enjoyed school? Like, we all, they all thought we were going to be failures or whatever. Um, like, look at you, Vincent. You're 17 and you're absolutely killing it, man. Well, what's the shortcomings in the education system, do you reckon? I think that it's um, pigeonholing. I think it's becoming more of a business than uh, something to guide and help an individual. So what I mean by that is that they want to, it's like a conveyor belt, they bring 30 students in or however the, big the class is, they sit them all, teach them everything at the same time, at, at the same level, um, sit the same exams and, and that's it and then get them out. The ones that fall behind, you know, we don't care kind of thing. Um, and it's that pigeonholing people into that generalization of that that business model. Um, now, at, at my school, there were amazing people and amazing teachers that did support me. And their backgrounds were, you know, they had a lot of life experience and come from a lot of different places and they were awesome. They supported me. Um, but more often than not, I wasn't supported. And again, that just becomes uh, that was because I was different. I didn't fit into that block of 30 um so i would say that's the biggest loophole at the minute is that it's becoming more of a a, a business rather than um support for each individual yeah i think in the u.s the biggest downfall is right along that same lines but i think in the u.s the school system is so focused on teaching to that median iq level um and you may come off bad or may sound bad but the the average iq level in a lot of states in the u.s is not as high as it probably should be so if you're in that school and you're being taught at a median level iq the people who may be a little bit advanced or maybe a little bit slower are getting left behind and lost and i think that's exactly what you're seeing over there yeah yeah and pe- people shoot up at different times right you you know there was there was people that uh, at school that are way cleverer cleverer than me right they they were up here um and there were people also down here um but people what they didn't understand as well is people shoot at different times they they excel at different periods in their lives um and that's that's really you know really important for them to understand but um yeah it was uh it was an interesting, you know, for me at school. Um, but I think that would be the biggest, biggest problem um, with the with the school system at the moment. It's just too much of a, you know, in and out job, effectively. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, I don't have anything else. Alton, Tremmy, anybody? Is that it? All right. Well, Vincent, I really appreciate you coming on the the uh, podcast. And uh, feel free to drop into the Discord and jump onto the podcast anytime you want. We have them every Saturday um, at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time, which is, I believe is 9 p.m. UK time. Yeah, I believe it's 9 a.m. Australian time. Is that right, Brian? Uh, it's, uh, 7 a.m. Man. 7 a.m. Okay. Yeah. So um, feel free to stop by anytime. Um, I'm sure I'll be speaking to you within the next week or so. Uh, and the drone stuff, when you start working on drone stuff, let me know because I'm still interested in, 
doing some stuff with that. Got some um, interesting stuff planned with that. Some defense companies over here. So um, yeah, I'll definitely keep uh, keep you uh, posted. But uh, yeah, no, thank you very much for uh, having me. It's been uh, awesome to to have a chat and understand all of your you know your views and opinions. No, it's been really good. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for coming. Awesome. Thanks for coming, Vincent. Yeah, we appreciate it. All right, thank guys. You. Um, thanks for co-hosting tonight. I really appreciate that. Um, hope you enjoyed it and hope you'll come back again and coast. Um, the, the point, the goal is to bring as many people into the fold and we can all share in the co-hosting and hosting because this is more of like um, a community type effort. You know, I don't want this to be the Mike Jones podcast show. So um, anyways, y'all have a good weekend. Um, I will be talking to you guys throughout next week on Discord. Um, if anybody needs a Discord link, let me know. I'll make sure it gets to who it needs to go to. And uh, that's it. See you guys next weekend. Awesome. Thank you very much. Have a good one, everyone. Take care. Bye. Bye.